Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martinez. I've got a question for you, true believers. Does the world of today still need the man of tomorrow? The question of our times amidst riots, pandemics, moral quandaries, political uncertainty, cultural ambiguity, ambiguity, you know what that word word is. It's a tough word. I I don't do I don't do language English. It, It all works out. Anyway, you know what's going on. That was the voice of the miraculous Mr. Mark Clare, and I am your host for today's episode, Remso W. Martinez. You're listening to the Second Print Comics Podcast. Mark, it's it's been a minute since we spoke. You're back in the good old U.S. of A. after spending a little while in Mexico, right? I am in the U.S. of A. Why did you have to remind me of that, Remso? We're trying to have a happy, cheery show here today, and now I've got to think about being in the, back, in the, uh, black, back in lockdown land. Back in lockdown land, but the weather should be nice if you're allowed to go out. The weather is nice. Uh, we are allowed outside the home, at least. And uh, personally, I just refuse to wear a mask when I'm walking my dogs. That's, that's the line I draw. When I'm only around myself and my dogs, come on. They don't have COVID. No, they're good. Uh, do, do, do you remember that story about the, about the tiger that caught COVID in like the New I York City? I saw that and then never heard about an animal getting it ever again. So now I just don't even know what to think. I do notice that that was in the Tiger King phase of the pandemic. Mm, so ma- marketing play, essentially. You know, Netflix is Netflix is creative. Not messing around, giving tigers well, COVID. Well, before before we get going, because I, I I will absolutely forget this now if I don't bring it up, folks. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Spotify. We're ev- everywhere your heart desires. So please do us a favor. Go YouTube. ahead, YouTube Audio as YouTube. well. Mark, you, 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 we're, 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 given, we're given everything. We're giving them everything. This is true. There's a strange segment of the population, and I don't mean to offend anyone because I respect them and trust them and love them, but uh, that, that likes to listen to audio podcasts on YouTube. I am. Um, I, I, I respect it. That's for it's, sure. It's I a good way to discover things, but, you yeah. know, I, I've met those people. I met somebody who, who bought me lunch one time at, a, at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. I was walking around, and he knew me from my other show. Uh, he actually knew about me because he listened to me on your uh, weekly program, Lines of Liberty. You can check out Lines of Liberty to hear more of uh, Mark's wacky adventures over there. But he heard and me on, on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Let's plug it all if we're going let's, to. Let's go ahead and just p- pitch it all here. So he, it's, it's, a, it's the perfect loop. You're listening to us here talk about this. That guy heard me through Mark and then listened to my show, and he only listened through YouTube. So we had an interesting discussion. He basically said he couldn't get – to other apps at work, but he was able to get through YouTube, which I oh, see. Oh, yeah, that's a valid reason. That's a, is that a thing? That is a thing. Yeah, I've heard other people say that too, actually. Huh. Yeah, because some, some works or some places will block certain apps, but you can maybe still go on, on YouTube on the computer. I would think that YouTube would be one of the bigger distractors. Yeah, you would think so. Huh. You would think so. 
Well, all that to say, folks, we're in all the places. You know how the amazing internet works. Please share this show with a friend. We've got other episodes in the can. We've got amazing things going on. Give us a five-star review. If you like the content and you want to hear the sweet siren songs that is Mark's and I's voice. And if you don't like it, don't leave any review. We, we don't want to hear leave. review. <laughs> yeah. Just leave. But just, if you love us. us all the, the, save us all the trouble. Turn it off now and move on. But if you love us and do that, also know we love you back. And if you go ahead and invest directly back into the show through our Patreon, we've got some awesome levels there with everything from bonus content to exclusive content to early access to episodes. And bonus exclusive content. And bonus exclusive Oh, wait, I, I, I was going to add a third level. There's no other thing. Oh, we send comic books to people. In yeah. fact, they're not just regular comics. At certain levels, at the epic crossover level and above, we'll send, a, we'll send posters. We'll send hardcover graphic novels to your house every three months. It's, a, it's an amazing. Even join the Kirby Club and produce a show once a month. And what what else do you have going on? This is where the fun is at. So, Mark, um, I, I, think we've, I think we got all that out perfectly. We all, it, we, all, we all wrapped it up with a nice bow. Mark, uh, we're changing the, the format for this week a little bit. Already? Four episodes in? We're already going off script? We're, we're, we're venturing into places unknown because these are the, these are the conversations worth having. And it, it's hard because we're, we're going to be talking about in future episodes some very, very key storylines about some very, very important characters. But it, you know, in order to give those the best platform to expand on that conversation, sometimes we have to look at the questions around us. And um, this is one that I've been seeing more of recently than ever before. I'm happy that I didn't just think of it and like put it into the void. I saw other people having this conversation. I thought, you know what? Mark and I should jump in at our two cents, see what we can discover. And the, the topic of today is, does the world of today need the man of tomorrow? And by that, yes, I'm talking about the last son of Krypton, Kal-El, Clark Kent, the one and only Man of Steel Superman. Um, I, 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 I know that he's, he's everywhere, so we'll be talking about – you got to get louder for that. I need some drum rolls. I know. Too, my whistling Mark. is really weak. I need some drum really, roll really, and maybe like a, a nice electric power cord in the background. We'll throw that in the post edit. What's what say about that? Uh, cop- some homework. Yeah, copyright won't let me. So you'll just have to listen to Mark's whistling. Yes. But um, anyway, from video games to animation to feature films to lunchboxes to comics, it, it's hard to be alive today and not have been in contact of something Superman. And he really is the most quintessential American superhero. Some people would say Batman. Some people would say Spider-Man. I will always say that it, it, it begins and ends ultimately with Superman. And over the years, people have been asking, you know, is he still as culturally relevant? What does he mean to one generation that he doesn't mean to another? And ultimately, when we look at Superman, do we still have all the love and adoration and excitement that we had that maybe some of us only had when we were kids and then we grew up and saw the world as a different place and we looked at more anti-heroes instead of more classic heroes? I know for me personally, Superman is, you know, while, while he might not always be on top of my poll list, Action Comics is totally there. Um, you know, I, I love the Justice League Unlimited TV show. I'm excited for the upcoming uh, 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 Superman, Man of Tomorrow animated feature film, which is in the new DC animated universe. So there's still a lot of Superman here and there's a lot of Superman in the future. But this is something we've been seeing online in the in the Internet sphere. I mean, Mark, Mark what's your impression of this? Well, 
I have not seen as much of the conversations of you. I think I think you're a little more on the uh, the comic book internet than I am. I, I dabble in, I dabble out, I dip my toe in. What he's saying is, I don't have a life. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's essentially yeah. That's basically what I'm trying to break down for you here in the nicest way possible. Uh, but I I've always had mixed views on Superman. I think when I first got into comics, uh, Superman just seemed kind of cheesy to me. Uh, I was a fan of the uh, Richard Donner films uh, as a child, but uh, I still saw Superman as somewhat of a, a cheesy character. You know, this all-powerful, godlike character that you know didn't intrigue me in the way, say, a Batman did, who has the the flaws, the physical flaws and limitations of a human being, or even someone like Spider-Man was who I could relate to more directly because he was a teenager and going through teenage angst. So I never felt like when I was growing up that I could relate to Superman. Uh, it was probably right maybe a, a year or so after I started getting into comics that the big wave with the death of Superman hit and the big media push behind that. And I remember seeing stories about that on my local news, like the, like Superman is going to die. And I remember just being so intrigued by that because I, I, there had been deaths in comics before, uh, you know, Barry Allen, uh, Supergirl, uh, some other deaths. Everybody t- tends to come back, uh, obviously. And uh, But for some reason, this really did feel bigger because DC was really hyping it as, no, this is for real or really killing Superman. And, uh, and I think at the time, as a 12-year-old kid, I really bought into it 100%. I was like, wow, they're really going to do it. He's really going to die. And we're going to do a whole episode about the death of Superman, so I won't do too much of a dive on that right now. Uh, but that was one of the seminal stories of my of my comic fanhood. And uh, that really did teach me to, to view Superman in a different, different way because one thing I liked about that storyline is after Superman's death, I mean, I think the death, the death story itself is, is a pretty good one, actually. But uh, after his death, uh, dealing with the, the loss of Superman and um, you know seeing how different characters dealt with that loss, those are the stories that I really found intriguing. Uh, the attempts to replace him, a lot of the stories you would learn, you know, you can have someone else wear the cape, you can have someone else wear the outfit and even have the same powers in the case of the Superboy Superman, uh, but you can't necessarily replace the person. And you learn that Superman is is not about the powers. It's not really about being a super powerful hero. It's about being a good person. And that's really what you can learn from Superman. I think when you re- really get into some of the good stories of Superman, that's what it always comes down to. It comes down to do- doing the right thing, uh, regardless of your power. And uh, yeah, I think then the grounded story you turned me on to that I, I did read before this too. And I think that, Story. Uh, it had its ups and, ups and downs. Some issues I liked, some I didn't, but it, that was kind of the central theme of that story, too. Everything was just a little story about someone or Superman or someone inspired by Superman doing the right thing because they're inspired by his example, not necessarily because he has these powers. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. We're, we're going to be referencing a lot of the different mediums of which Superman has been explored over the years. But I wanted Mark to look into one of the more controversial attempts to understand Superman. I had him read one of my, you know, I, I don't know if it's like my guilty pleasure because I know everyone universally hates it. But I had him read the the Superman Grounded storyline by J. Michael Stratinsky. I can't speak today. God damn. God damn, God damn, God damn. We all have those days. And, uh, and you know, I, I recently pulled out some of my stuff from my li- library, and I reread The Death of Superman. I read J. Michael Straczynski's um, Superman Earth 1. I reread Death of Superman because we're going to do a little bit more Superman content. But, I mean, the what we've always seen is that every, every decade or so, someone tries to really build up that 
that definitive Superman story. For ironically, Alan Moore, who's not known for his happy-go-lucky stories, he he did that in the '80s with his "Whatever Happens to the Man of Tomorrow" storyline, and he wrote that intending that to actually be the definitive final story of Superman. But what we've seen over the last 30, 40 years is that people have tried to do this in different ways. We had this with what Mark mentioned of Death of Superman. We've had this with um, uh, All Star Superman, which is probably in my in my top five at least favorite graphic novels and then you like that time that superman split into blue superman and red superman oh (laughs) i on the list anywhere uh, no no (laughs) i didn't think so no we we don't we don't talk about blue superman i do find it funny and interesting but yeah yeah it's it's one of those Electric it's, Superman makes me giggle. Everyone has a shit phase. Let's put it that way. Everyone. Like they, they just did Gremlins <laughs> too with Superman, and they put him through everything. They're like, all right, we'll just have electricity, Superman. I mean that that right there. I mean, even though I God that that one bothers me. The, the one thing that I do certainly know is that everyone has tried to put their own spin, and some are better than others when it comes to. Th- Things like why well, I, I had you read Superman Grounded. That's somebody attempting to ask and answer the question. I think that it's not the best way of doing it, but it certainly makes the reader question things. And I mean, what we see is that whenever someone tries to do it, they really echo the world that we're in. And I mean, we're really, we're still, I would say, we're in the post 9-11 world of comics, where we're looking more into anti-heroes, where we're questioning more of the heroes that we thought we liked, but we might not really like. And, you know, I mean, topics like that are addressed in the movies, really, like Iron Man. Iron Man is part of the military industrial complex. What happens when the man that creates the deadliest weapons on Earth stops making weapons? What happens when Captain America, the symbol of nationalism and patriotism, doesn't trust the U.S. government and S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, we, we see this constantly, and I mean, it always gets redirected at Superman. People are always wondering whether this is that time where we finally let him go or if he's going to change. And I think for a lot of people, what bothers me is that, and I want to preface this, Henry Cavill is my favorite on-screen Superman. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he is, I want him to stay a Superman on screen. I just don't think that he was written very well. And we'll, we'll jump into that in a little bit, but really I'm a Dean Kane, Dean Kane guy myself, Dean I, Kane all the way. Dean, Dean Kane is Dean Kane is definitely cool. I think my least favorite one is the one from, uh, it's, it's the one from Smallville. I was not a Tom Welling fan. Yeah. I, I actually never watched Smallville once, despite the recommendations of many, many people. It's just one of those shows that you're always like, maybe I'll watch it someday. And you never do. And you never knew. And you never I, knew. And now it's been too late. I mean, I could. I, it's not too late. I, I, I only watched it when it was on because that was the only way I could see a lot of these stories and a lot of these characters. And in many ways, without that, we don't get like the CW Arrowverse that we have now. So I have to give Smallville some respect. But, um, you know, to, to kind of keep it going, I mean, people people constantly wonder whether or not he's relevant or not. Um what 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 do you think about that? Do you think we're in another phase where, you know, with everything going on, especially right now in current time, and we're recording this at the end of July, um, you know, if if if, if people are going to read Superman, it's almost like, a, oh, this is almost too utopian. Oh, this is almost too perfect. This is a hero that doesn't really represent the type of heroes we're looking for. 
Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you could, it almost seems like every cycle, every decade, it might seem like Superman is out of date, you know, is, is behind the times. Uh, going back to even like Watchmen and introducing that type of superhero story, looking at, at things in a more dark and gritty way, uh, looking at heroes as, you know, less than perfect beings. Superman probably around that time might have started to seem out of place. And then we all know how kind of grim and gritty and, and violent a lot of the 90s comic books were. Uh, again, you could say Superman seems out of place there. But for some reason, this conversation keeps coming back and people always seem to care, whether it's a new Superman movie or, uh, I mean, this, these Henry Cavill movies did really well in the box office. I mean, I think a lot of fans have criticisms, but the fact that they have criticisms shows how much they care. You know, if, if you didn't care about the character, people wouldn't be raving in, about the writing and uh, about certain things that the character does. And uh, I have my problems with some of the films, but I, I really like Zack Snyder. Snyder's overall vision, uh, the way he views things. Not everything he does along the way, but I think he's got a tremendous creativity, and he really, you can tell that he has a love for the characters, even if he has a different approach to the characters than I might want to take. Uh, you can tell that's there. So I definitely respect the, and, and Cavill as an actor is just fantastic. I mean, I don't think you can really argue with that. Uh, any of the flaws, like you said, are, are probably in the writing there. But I think the fact that the character always draw, draws attention, uh, there's a reason for that. He's an iconic character, and I think the opposite of what you might think that, that the character becomes more irrelevant, uh, that the darker the times get. I mean, you could say that the times right now are the darkest they've ever been. Maybe it always feels that way to an extent. Uh, but the character remains relevant always, because as I said earlier, when you strip away the powers, you strip away the, the Cape, uh, the Superman stories again, always come down to doing the right thing. And they, maybe that is why that, the man of steel movie is a point of controversy because it's, it can be argued whether Superman did the right thing, uh, by actually taking a life, which is, you know, one of those cardinal things that Superman that that came out. By the way, that came out like seven years ago. So if you're screaming spoilers, Mark, spoilers, that's that's your really fault. Get up and tight about spoilers from seven years ago. There probably are people. People people get mad when you bring up things that happened thirty years ago. It's just how the internet works. But uh, I, I I totally agree. And two two of the main stories we're we're gonna be touching is uh, is grounded by J. Michael Straczynski and um and All Star Superman by by Grant Morrison and. I mean, both of them are. They, both of them ask the same question. They come to very different answers, and depending on which one you kind of lean on more, you, you kind of get a fuller picture of how it's done when it's done well, and how it's done when it's done sloppily. Um, people look at Grounded, and Grounded was one of the first. Was I mean, sadly, one of the first uh, Superman story arcs I started reading when I was aggressively uh, starting to get into collecting DC comics in uh, in two thousand. 10 2011 and oh, you're young and you. my god it was um it, it has its highs and its lows and i would certainly never say that this is the first one you should read but if you like superman it's one that you can't ignore uh basically to kind of give some context and uh it might get a little confusing but hang on essentially superman's been through a lot of shit around the time that the story starts uh he was able to grow back the small shrunken city of candor and what you have is that the Kryptonians I love just little lines like that that just if you don't know the story it make no sense at all. You're like, oh yeah, he's able to grow up. Somebody is some- uh, moving on. It's like a, it's like trying to explain Mojo World. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody is walking in the background while some while the person listening to this is listening to this out loud. And they're just thinking, what the hell are you listening to? So anyway, because I like to say it again, Superman is able to unshrink the shrunken city of Candor. <laughs> Did they and have to change the name of it then? So it can't be called the Shrunken City anymore. Now it's just 
Now it's just can't, like well, well, they they called it Krypton on Earth. That was the storyline. So it's Krypton on Earth, and basically now because they're under a yellow sun and they're back to full size, all these people have powers. And while Superman tries to connect with them, things are kind of uncomfortable for him because he doesn't really have anything in common with them culturally. Why? Because he's an American dude from Kansas who lives in the city and happens to, you know, be an orphan from this lost planet. So even though he's excited to encounter them, he's also, you know, in this position where it's like he's split between two worlds. And even right before that was the final crisis event. At this point, Batman is dead. Wonder Woman is kind of tired from everything. A ton of heroes are dead. Both flashes are back. So all this stuff is happening. So by the time the world sees all these Kryptonians flying around, some are excited, but some also think, dang, is this the final... Is this the final battle where we just survived the collapse of the universe? Are these flying freaks going to take over? And uh, long story short, things don't end up working out with with New Krypton on Earth. So what they do is they essentially get this moon or they create a planet from scratch. I forgot how they do it. And they establish New Krypton. And at this point, Superman is afraid that they might potentially become a threat one day. So what he does is he leaves Earth. He says, I'm done, Earth. I'm, I'm done with Earth. I'm done protecting you. I have to go. And he goes to New Krypton. And just like any fledgling democracy, what do they do? They make Zod leader. That's right. I'm talking about General Zod because that makes so much sense. Things don't end up working out. Uh, Flash forward. I'm pretty sure New Krypton ironically blows up and all of them end up disappearing. They end up somehow shrinking again. They're getting trapped in the Phantom Zone. Things are not good. So at this that's point, what that one that one lady at one point uh, in the story uses against Superman. He's like, "You've had you've had been on three planets and two of them have blown up. What are we thinking?" Like, <laughs> yeah. So we're next, if you hang around here, pe- people are people are not happy, and they're like, you know, each time Superman tries to do something good, I mean, something bad happens. And I and I want to preface this, and we'll we'll jump into a little bit of this. Sounds I like mean, my life for him. So that that's sad. Well, hopefully we'll get uh, – no, things are not getting any more pathetic and sad. Uh, anyway, so things are not good for Superman. But basically everything we brought up, it's like is he too good? Is he too moral? Does he make things worse? Does he have a place in the world? I want to say that really if there's one character that really views him, views Superman the way that a lot of critics view him, it's really it, – I mean correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of sounds like Lex Luthor logic. Yeah. I think you could say that. And I think that's always been something. So, I mean, we see this through stories like this. We see it through his visions. I mean, through through Superman's visions of what he thinks he can do and what the world can do. We see this through his villains like Lex Luthor. And now what we're getting with the grounded story is really J. Michael Straczynski's way of trying to answer that. And he does it through a a series of vignettes in the grounded storyline. And it's just... It's not well done. That is the way to describe it, a series of vignettes as opposed to, I mean, they have a, a thread in common that Superman is just kind of walking around and not trying. He's, to he's literally walking. The man who can fly is patronizing humans by pulling a Forrest Gump and walking across America to learn about who he is. That's how I saw it, at least. It's like he's going to walk. Like maybe it's supposed to be more like impactful and inspirational, but it's like, you know, it. That that's not how you do it. It's like Forrest Gump, but walking, which is even more mocking because it's like, come on, we know you can fly as fast as the speed of light. 
me, Brady. Yeah, it's like the the man who's on the spectrum is running nonstop, and you're going to do this. Not not cool, Superman. So obviously his PR is just not great. Mark, uh, can can I give us a lowdown? What what did what what stories popped out to you? What was your impression? And does this do a good job of answering the question? Does the world still need Superman? Oh wow. Well. I, I did like it at first, I would say. Like, I, I, I kind of like the, the concept, the overall concept of Superman, <laughs> as cheesy as it is to say out loud, of Superman just going on a walk to find himself. <laughs> when you say it, it's much funnier than when you think it. Like the shrunken city of Candor. Just like the shrunken city of Candor. Yeah, that probably looked like a perfectly rational thing to have in your notes. And then you say it out loud. You're like, what am I even, what am I doing with my life right now? <laughs> what, I, what exactly am I talking about? Is this what I'm doing? Support us this, on really? Patreon, yeah. please. What I'm trying to say is please support us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> because we are putting everything we have. Basically, I'm, in, I'm betting my entire future on this podcast. So I hope that's not too much pressure. But please, please head over to Patreon. Um, <laughs> I promise uh, if you're if you're like at the level where we send graphic novels, I will not send you this one. I'll make that promise right now. <laughs> but uh, I did like the idea. I didn't like one thing that I me is how every issue started, at least in the, the trade paperback where I read with Superman above the earth looking at a picture of, I think it's him and Lois. The picture kind of looks weird, though, because it doesn't really look like him. Uh, but I don't know who else it could be. But it, that's that's who it's supposed to be, right? That picture he's looking at? Okay, I, 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 I will I will straight up say this. I hated the artwork. Yeah, the artwork is not but is not a high point of this. The picture. cover art, the cover art, which is not done by Alex Ross. I, I forget who does the cover art. The cover art for the whole series looks really good. Then you look inside and you're like, they this is sloppy yeah yeah the art does not does not stand out in any way shape or form and often leads to confusion to be honest but um yeah i mean i, I like the idea behind the story but i don't think you need seven issues of this, this oh know, of, of this you, you only read the first volume there's a second volume i didn't tell there's you there's more grounded there's a second volume of this oh my lord yeah and then the series ends yeah some of the stories i didn't mind some of the stories I kind of, you know, I liked. This could have been one issue, though. Honestly, one issue where, he, where you show little different snippets of him going around and affecting people's lives. I don't need to see it over and over and over. Uh, the one thing, I, I've been saving this rant. I've had this rant up for a while. Oh, uh, spill at one it. Point, so Superman is in this neighborhood, and then there's these guys, and I, they're, I guess they're, like, um, they're selling drugs. And so Superman's like, hey, I heard you're selling drugs around here. You shouldn't be selling drugs. And they're like, hey, man, we're just trying to make our way in life. And I'm like, yeah, that is what they're doing. They are trying to make their way in life. And Superman proceeds to destroy their private property and burn down their houses. These innocent drug dealers who maybe they're not innocent people. but they Okay, what, what's worse, saying innocent drug dealers out loud or the shrunken city of Candor? I don't know. If the innocent drug dealers lived in Candor, in the shrunken city of Candor, that would be prime. Innocent but, um, drug dealers in the shrunken city of Candor. That's our next album title right there. Um <laughs> But, you know, these, these people are not harming anybody. They are simply supplying a product to the market. They are not violent individuals. If anything, Superman is the one using violence. Against them. <laughs> I, I just took a real offense to Superman just destroying these guys. Obviously, these guys are down on their luck if they're dealing drugs. Now you've burned their houses, and it shows these guys running in with, like, buckets trying to put out the fire. Like, you're destroying these people's lives, Superman. That's not very Superman-like. He just think. brought down the property values so much in that yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, we went over that. What people in the neighborhood. Oh, a couple of houses just burned down. Superman destroyed them because they were dealing drugs here. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then, uh, yeah. I'm not going to live here. 
And this is the real meta narrative. Like the kid that told him what was going on. He's like a seven year old or something. Superman goes over to him and he's like, hey, you tell me the next time they're here and I'll come back and do it. I'll do it again. (laughs) And it's like this destruction again. That is so meta. As a kid, I might. You know, I might read that and I think, oh, my gosh, Superman's my friend. Superman's going to protect me. I'm reading this at the time as a teenager and I'm like, Superman's like the government. This is <laughs> this worse. is terrifying. Only powerful. Yeah, only all pa- only all powerful and actually kind of infallible, except for his decision making. At times. It's a it's a real meta God narrative right there. Yeah, big time. Um, so that pissed me off. That that made me angry. Uh, there's a couple, st- but I, I like the overall, I don't know. I, I wanted to like it more than I did. Let's put it that way. There's a couple stories that I just found atrocious that had no place any existing. Like, like the, the alien like, one with the, the, the little alien aliens with, uh, on my list of ones I hated. That's not the, that's not the one I hate the most. Is that the one where the guy took the alien took over like the people's, the guy's body and he was fighting Superman and, uh, no, no. So, ba- so ba- basically this oh, might the alien be- family. That's yeah. Right. So basically he, he's in like Nevada or something and he finds this little town that shouldn't be there, but it's there. And what he finds out is that these little alien midgets, um, have basically been disguised as humans and they're living there. And much like Superman, they're, they're refugees. They're planet blew up and they're just trying to live normal lives and superman basically like shames these aliens because they've got this miraculous technology that can like cure cancer and shit like that so he looks at them and he's like you're here you should do better you should do more for the world and they're like uh why should we do this and somehow you know superman is dealing with some other dude the dude get i'm really I'm really painting with broad brushstrokes. Basically, there's this guy that comes into town. Guy gets hurt. The aliens don't know whether to let him die or not. Superman's like, use your technology, save him. They save him, and they're like, okay, Superman, we're done now. Can we go back to living our lives? And Superman's like, no, you have to do more. And they're like, why? And he's like, because you have to. So what these aliens do is they create this factory. And I want to point out, what what we're seeing right now is something that could have implications on the entire DC universe. But it ends after this. So what they do is they start like a factory. They end up employing the guy to be the foreman who they ended up almost letting die and they save him. And then Superman leaves. So here we have these aliens that somehow got building permits and know how to do taxes now and 401ks, building stuff that will cure cancer. And they save this dude who they like an issue like a page ago. They almost let die. And then as Superman leaves, we never hear or see about it ever again. So not only is he, like, shaming these aliens who, in a world full of Lex Luthers and other crazy shit, probably have the right to be left alone. People just trying to get by. Aliens just trying to get by. I get the message. Well, he's basically – it's a it's an immigrant narrative in a way, and I, I understand what it means. If you're going somewhere and if people are going to somewhat judge you in a way, the best thing to do is to put your best foot forward. I get it. Join the world. Be part of it. Make it better. That's a beautiful thing. It's just done in a terribly shitty way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a theme in a lot of Superman's interventions that uh, innocent people or people that are just in a tough situation <laughs> often get shunted aside as if they're, you know, the worst thing in the world, as if they're worse than Lex Luthor, who, who still walks free. He's still there in Metropolis doing who knows what during all this. Yeah, and I, and I want to point out, this is supposed to make Superman more human and make him seem more accessible to people. All he's doing around is just kind of being a dick. Pretty much. Yeah. And then there's a couple stories in here that also just 
I mean, the Lois centric story where all she did was go and visit her like ex boyfriend from college. That, that leads to nowhere. Oh my god, that was just I'm. I, I, I was like, this is the whole issue. This is the whole issue. And uh, yeah, and then she's she's just talking to his like um, his house his wife his housewife. What's that housewife? That was because <laughs> the next thing I was going to say is she's Mexican or uh, I think I think she was Mexican. She was. Latin you can't American. tell because the artwork is so bad. They don't tell you. They but they they imply that she's uh, that she speaks Spanish. I mean, they they tell you that and they talk about how he doesn't speak Spanish, so she's somewhere from not the U.S. and um, or her family isn't or what have you. You would and think the Lo- investigative reporter would figure it out. Right? And um, she, at some point Lois says like, oh yeah, you know, I want a Pulitzer for uh, my work on uh, urban development. So it's like, it's like, what are you talking, why are you telling her this? Like, that, that's like Hillary like, Clinton pulling out the hot sauce. Exactly. It was such pandering. I'm like, why is, <laughs> first of all, why is Lois bothering pandering to this like this new wife of his her ex college boyfriend. Why is she even there at their house? That's already weird. Like who goes and hangs? Maybe some people are like that. I don't know. I'm probably not going to my college girlfriend's house with my with this. No. Wife. Oh God, no. Their current wife at any point. Her current husband. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Weird. And then the last story, at least the last story in this volume, I didn't know it kept going, which makes sense that why it ended this way because I, I was like, this is a weird way to end a story arc. <laughs> but uh, that whole story with uh, Perry White and the the. The, the guys, they had the picture of Superman with a woman or with Lois Lane and uh, or no with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was weird. It oh, was really basically, weird. you've got this blogger who's like cribbing yeah, stories the from the from the from the Daily Planet. And instead of just outright suing the the kid, Perry Wright writes him this email and then he publishes an editorial about like the ethics of journalism and how people like that blogger are making everything worse. And then he he publishes it, but he sends the letter to the kid before he sues him. And basically through Perry's old newspaper man ethics and courage and all this other stuff, the blogger quits. Right. <laughs> he blogger. just he just ends it. And it's moments like that where we're supposed to see the the people affected in the world, you know, trying to live up this great example that Superman's trying to figure out. But it's all just this is like Hallmark movie bullshit. Well, and then Perry White, the most ridiculous Hallmark part of this is then Perry White says, and then when you're done or after you take after you quit your job, I want you to apply for an internship here. And he's like, what? He's like, you want me to work for you? He's like, yeah, even though you're a little rough around the edges, I can see you got the, the fire and the gusto for this business, kid. And then so now, of course, he gets ends up he's going to get it hired by by, uh, you know, by Perry White in the end. So and do you want to know what comes out of this? Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, what started off is I, I like the idea behind the story, but man, I just kept going and going. And I guess the story I didn't, didn't hate the most <laughs> was the one I really didn't mind the one with the kid standing up to like the abusive dad. I mean, it was a little cheesy. It's a story we've probably seen a million times before, but, but doesn't man, Superman threatened to kill him too. Not kill uh, him, just hurt him or something? Well, okay. You can tell Superman is like going at this guy in a rage and could have just killed him, obviously. But instead, he do, does the right thing, takes him to the police department, and then the police are like, all right, well, you know, we, we got everybody's statements. Uh, they're probably going to have to, he's going to go behind bars for some amount of time, probably, but, you know, then he'll be out and uh, they should just get a restraining order. So then Superman tells this kid who stood up to, who used Superman as an inspiration and stood up to this father and really got the shit beat out of him. Man, there's like a really violent scene where he got thrown, punched in the face, thrown down the stairs, and and then he fell on the stairs and hit his chin on the steps. And this is so violent. I was like, wow, this is really Superman saves really nobody. Yeah, ultimately, he just causes <laughs> more mayhem wherever he goes. But yeah, when Superman's going to leave, he's like, all right, kid, here's a phone number. You're going to call it every single day. 
And I want you to make sure you call me every day, even if it's just to leave a message and say that, how you're doing and say hi. But it's just if one day goes by when you don't call that number, he turns to the father. He's like, I'll be back. And he's like, so I'm going to burn it with his like eyes glowing. He's like, yeah, I'm going to burn you alive, actually. If, if Not just if you hit the kid again. Like, that would be one thing, all right, if you're just threatening the bully. If, he, if this eight-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever kid forgets to call me. I'm coming. <laughs> what if this, you're going to really trust your entire uh, idea about how you're going to treat this other person on now. I'm not trying to stand up for the abusive father. Obviously at all. No, that's be clear. Yeah. However, you already stood up for drug dealers. You can't go this far. No, I probably will not go that far. <laughs> However, Superman is still threatening to burn this man alive. If a child forgets to call a phone number. I mean, what if the kid loses? Does the kid even have a phone? Like, well, I mean, I don't know. This what is before you? the iPhone era. This is very complicated. We're talking about data limits right now. Yeah, that's, that's right. Serious <sighs> stuff, my friends. Serious there, there, issues covered in, in Grounded here. And I mean, it, it has, as you mentioned, like you want to like the story, just understanding the theme, but the execution is just so bad. It doesn't make things better that the artwork is also shit. And apparently between... See, I was trying so hard to like this because I thought you recommended it because you really liked it. So I was like, all right, no. I'm going to try to find what Remzo loves in here. So now I don't feel as bad trying to trying to force myself. I, I only like it because there's so many ways that find it entertaining, almost like a riff track spinoff. But it, I mean, this is this is really an example of a great question, and a good opportunity done poorly. And there are only really two parts of this entire story that I genuinely say this is good. And one of them is so completely I won't even say homaged. It's just straight plagiarized in the worst way. And I'll get into this in a second. But one is at the beginning, like. Uh, Superman, as he starts his walking tour, he's walking to like a park. I guess he's going to go play with some kids or something. And this old woman comes over and she's like, oh, get on, get out of here, Superman. And he's like, what, why? And she's like, everywhere you go, monsters show up and people show up. And these your impression of this old, old lady. I mean, it's it, it's the most I could do. That's what I heard as I'm reading there's this. Monsters and, and fighting and robots and all sorts of things. Whenever Superman goes, there's all sorts of stuff's going on. So we just can't have that. And what's the moral? What what's the what's the takeaway from this? I don't know. Superman. I don't know. That's, I think this old lady's right. <laughs> Everywhere she, he, he doesn't even answer it. He just. I, I was just like, huh? Yeah, good point. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave the guy. He's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I will never go to a park or public place again. Now for me to go to more parks and public places. So that yeah. was like the one scene where it's like, okay, now the dialogue is a little bit canned, but I mean, maybe we were supposed to pick it up. If it's just singular, if it's just that alone, it makes sense. So that's why I kind of single it out. And I'm like that one moment that th- th- some good questions are asked. It has nothing to, n- this is a story of stories that add up to literally nothing. It might as well not even matter. And this is what bothers me. Um, you know, I think every artist, you know, should be able to pick up the themes of a character or series and readdress them to r- remind readers and maybe update them a little bit. Um, even when you homage certain events, like I, I'm OK if I recognize something, I'm like, oh, another writer did this or even the movies. Oh, this other movie or this other director did this. That's fine. It's one thing to do it and homage it. It's one thing to do it and make it worse. And I'm talking about the, the woman who's about to jump off a building. Um, oh, right. I forgot about her. Yeah, that was some risky business by Superman right there. Yeah, you, you want to give a rundown of that one? Yeah, so basically this this chick is about to jump off the edge, and Superman's like, all right, I'm going to go talk to her. He talks to her, and uh, basically she makes him promise 
that it, all right, but he promises her that if she jumps, he won't. He will respect her. He won't stop her. And she basically makes him promise that. So he's like, "Look, I'll come. I won't. I promise I won't use my powers essentially to stop you from jumping. Like I just want to talk to you." And I, I pro- she's like, "Oh, you're just here to take me down because you're so strong. You're going to use your power to to stop me, a big Superman, whatever." And he's like, "No, I, I'm like, all right, fine. I'll promise not to do that. You know, if you jump, that's your decision." Which boy, as a, uh, a health practitioner, he is not. I don't. I don't know if if um, Superman has had any training in how to deal with suicide. Uh, you know, potential suicide victims. I have not, so I can't say this is the wrong strategy. I feel like it's not. <laughs> I feel like basically saying do what you want is not yeah, the yeah, avenue you want to go, even if it's some type of like, you know, reverse psychology stuff. Yeah. So he does talk her down ultimately. And then I think uh, like maybe the police chief or someone asks like Superman, would you really have not, you know, would you really have not saved her? And he just kind of looks back and he's like, he kind of leaves it open ended. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's that. I mean, it's hard to believe he really wouldn't save her. Right. Like, come on. This is Superman acting his most not Superman-like. Yeah, he went to find himself, and he seemed to lose himself. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, we covered the whole gist of it. This story, it's it's worth reading only because you could see how not to write a Superman story. Um, but, I mean, really what was done in Grounded was really mirrored in All-Star Superman, which is a, which is a limited series outside of DC continuity that was done in the early 2000s. It won every award out there for writing, for art, for whatever. It's only like uh, ten, ten, 10 issues or less. And it is basically everything that Grounded tries to do but does it in a way that's right. And um, have you read this one before? No, All Star Superman. I've not read. That was a a last minute change up because originally we were going to do Grounded. Yeah, time to get to that one. But so I figured you can just sell me on why I I should read this story. Yeah, I mean this will be spoil it too. That's okay. I will. I will do you one better. I will give you my YouTube login, and I have it purchased under my YouTube movies. I'll let you watch the movie. Okay. Um, But I mean the the because the movie is actually really really freaking good. But basically, um, you know, give a overlap of All-Star Superman. It's out of continuity. This asks the question, does the world still need Superman? And it does it in a way which is it, – it, this is this is going to join the list of already things I didn't say out loud, like unshrinking the shrunken city of Kandor and Superman attacks innocent drug dealers. <laughs> and uh, basically the, the, the big premise of the story is what if Superman was dying from cancer? Could he die from cancer? He could. So Is that that's by kryptonite, perhaps, or something like that. Well, he, here's where it gets really kind of sad. At the beginning of the story. Um, uh, Dr. Quentin is this character unique for the series. He's a big super scientist, almost like a Mr. Fantastic Doctor Who type of guy. And he's going to uh, basically take a manned mission to the sun, but not directly like land on the sun because that's impossible they're basically going to do more field research by getting as close to the sun as possible and what lex luther does is he basically takes a person in there injects him with this shit so basically lex luther who's wearing like a a playstation vr headset and some other shit like a nintendo wii controller he's basically able to hijack this man's body and turn him into a bomb and essentially what happens is superman has to go um, save 
Dr. Quentin and the team and bring them back to Earth because, you know, this bomb will go off and it'll kill everybody. And it's it's you know, it's it's high. The stakes are high. And what ends up happening is Lex Luthor did this intentionally because he wanted to get Superman as close to the sun as possible. So uh, Superman opens the ship is able to toss out the human bomb thing that Luther created and then he's able to seal the ship and bring it back down to earth and save everybody. So it looks like Lex, Lex Luthor has lost. And by the time uh, the cops show up, Luther's just waiting there. He's like, okay guys, you can go ahead and arrest me. This is really mad scientist Luther at his peak. It's probably my favorite version of Lex Luthor. And um, everyone is like, wait a second, Lex Luthor put up no fight. This plan was stupid. What What's happening? Lex Luthor realized that, yeah, while he could try and kill Superman of kryptonite and maybe do all these things, the one thing he can do is mess with Superman's biology. And what do we know about the Red Sun? We know that without the power of the Red Sun, Superman doesn't really have his powers. The Red Sun is what makes him unique. Um, By doing that, essentially what he did was he made Superman stronger. So he's smarter, he's stronger, he's faster, all his powers are amplified, and Dr. Beck is running Superman through all these tests, and he's like, Superman, you're the most powerful you're the most powerful being in existence. I can't do anything to measure you because none of those tools or methods of doing so have been created. I can't do it. And then Superman's like, Okay, so this is a good thing. Why why does everything seem so strange? And uh, Dr. Quentin looks at him um, and he's basically like, Superman, uh, I looked at your cells. You have cancer. And Superman is like, what? And he's like, you're going to die soon. So basically that is what sets up the entire story going on the, the rest of the series. And it's basically like if Superman had cancer and he knew he was going to die, what would he do with his time? And during this time, while everything does connect and overlap in the way that Grounded doesn't, we see very what I consider like the Golden Age Superman references. We're seeing like super, you know, high stakes, corny sci-fi action, which is drawn in a way that's just so endearing and it's really good. Um, I mean, you get to see him really rekindle his romance of Lois Lane. He gives her powers for a day so she understands what it's like. He hey, connects cancer. with. Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't give her cancer. That that yeah, he he, he no. Um, I mean, sorry, he, Lois, I can't reverse that either. So yeah, I mean, he tries to really be good to his friends, and he's trying to re- basically realize like what type of world do I want to leave? So and way better Superman than the one in Grounded. It's everything Grounded isn't. This is Superman understanding who he is as a human and what he means to other people, and this is what. Really, even though we're seeing Superman at like his most powerful, where he can, you know, fight plant, fight living planets, and do crazy shit you have never been able to. At this point, he's also uh, invulnerable to kryptonite. So not even kryptonite can kill him. He has nothing can kill him except his irradiated cells. So basically, this is Superman at his strongest. But as we read the stories, it's showing him as as, as most human. And that's everything that Grounded isn't. Grounded tries to make him his most human, but it makes him his most inhuman self, something that's just so above regular human beings. And, I mean, I think it's good in a way that Grounded does exist and that we still talk about it all these years later because the question will always be there. And sadly, sometimes it won't always be there. But for everything like Grounded, we have – 
a story like All-Star Superman, which I think is the best Superman story ever written. I think All-Star Superman, whether you love Superman or not, everyone should have that. I really picked the wrong book to read. I made you do that on purpose, though. I I, I really did. I really did. Um, I I think everyone should have it. I actually bought my uh, reprinted edition of Superman All-Star because I realized I didn't own it. I read it in a library in college. So, I mean, it could be a a hardcover you might send to one of our patrons at the Epic Crossover level one day, perhaps. Very likely. Very likely if they if they sign up for the Epic Crossover level or above. Only on the second print comics. That's like 50 (laughs) cents. And it's just we're just we just are really shit. We said you really you you suck, but we appreciate but we appreciate the worst bonus content that we can. (laughs) It's just our inane ramble before the show starts for a few minutes. And then that's all you get. You don't get anything else. Yeah, I, I can definitely say that on the list of comics I want to go ahead and grab for people, All-Star Superman is on there. So if you sign up, because not everyone gets the same comics. So if yeah. you sign up at the Epic Crossover level or higher, the odds are you might get a, a hardcover copy of All-Star Superman by uh, Grant Morrison. But anyway, I mean, for while we look at that in comics, I mean, we see it in movies. The Richard Donner Superman, I remember that was actually one of the first superhero movies I ever saw. I remember seeing a, an old trailer on YouTube before I actually watch the movie on TV and I love that part where it's like this summer you will believe that man can fly and I'm like oh my god that's so fucking amazing and as much as I love Calville my criticism of Man of Steel which is really a, a pretty generic criticism that a lot of fans have of him is that it's basically everything Donner isn't it's not openly optimistic uh, we don't really oh, yeah, see a lot of sure. personal growth and Superman murder Zod. I mean, I think, I, I think, in okay. Movie one, I can see if the murder yeah. comes as a character development thing in a later movie like that, I could see, but it was more, it was like, we're getting this at the end of the movie of the, what's supposed to be defining the character in the first place for us. So it's like, he never really got around to defining it enough where, cause suddenly halfway through the movie, we're in the final battle. Like that final battle with, with everybody is like the last hour, <laughs> you know, yeah. before that was just like kind of getting to know Superman. So it all, it all, it's, it's all too truncated. I think uh, that filming that, that not that I wanted. I mean, I don't, I don't find Zod and all those characters all that interesting myself. I prefer to move on to other things, but I think that the character development, a part of it could have been done over the course of several films, which, you know, I mean, he had a, obviously a grand scope of how he wanted to do things. The, the more, yeah, I mean, pe- people quickly, pe- yeah. people rip on Zack Snyder a lot for those first couple films, but like, if you really look into the details of it, he was dealing with a lot of studio expectations. A lot of that is not how he wanted to do it, and I, I understand his reason for killing Zod, and I don't, I don't hate that decision. His biggest thing was that is what will help Superman go on the journey of discovering who he is. But the thing is, and this is why I think the cartoons and the comics have always done this better. Superman was Superman before he chose to be Superman because he was a good person. I think Kevin Cosner is Pa Kent. He was raised by the Kents and they raised a good kid and that that's what really defines him, not the fact that he is from a different place or has powers or anything like that. Exactly, and that's why I hate Kevin Costner's Pa Kent because he's not Pa Kent. You look at the Donner Superman, you, you look at the Donner Superman and he's having these conversations with Clark before he dies. You look at the Kevin Cosner's Pod Kent and the dude like it's I can't say that he, I mean it's bad he's saying oh let people die keep to yourself don't save me keep to yourself don't be Superman keep to yourself everything Pod Kent is supposed to be he isn't right yeah he's, he's really not not a compelling character at all I mean 
Kevin Costner's a great actor, but again, it's not the acting. It's, it's the writing here or at least the, what they do with the characters. And yeah, I like the ideas behind Zack Snyder's movies more than necessarily the execution of, although I think Watchmen was executed brilliantly and I'm not going to go on a whole rant about that. Cause we're going to have a Watchmen episode coming very soon, but uh, we'll talk about that more there. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he did some things that were, that were interesting with that, but mostly it was pretty, pretty damn faithful other than of course, you know, the, uh, the little twist to the ending and, and a few other minor things. But uh, I think that was one of the better comic book an- adaptations that have ever been done in terms of just trying to be a movie. You can't just be a comic book in a movie. Uh, so trying to be a movie, but still capturing the feel of the actual comics. And I think in the, the Man of Steel stories, I think I whether it was studio pressure or what he was just trying to do to advance the grander DCEU that he was trying to build uh, going through into the Justice League movies, I think he really just wanted to get to Superman dying, Superman coming back, and then he can get into uh, the dark side stuff. I think that was just kind of his plan. Uh, and, you know, whether it was the studio guiding that more or him, I don't know, but I think that it just it felt too rushed and too truncated. We never really felt like those characters got to flesh out. It was just like, here's my Superman. Here's his dilemmas. Here, oh, oh, we're in a battle. Now we're in a battle. Oh my God, he killed the guy at the end. He killed Zod at the end. And then it's just like, it's it's all just, just it happens so fast. Although it's not a fast moving movie either. It kind of, it doesn't feel fast. The you know the I mean? only the only good scene of, of Man of Steel that I, I actually like is when, uh, after the whole story is basically over and uh, the one general and then Captain Lieutenant Ferris, whatever her rank was, who was supposed to be like a green air, a green lantern Easter egg, Carol Ferris. Uh, they're tracking Superman using this drone and he just strikes the drone down and then he takes it to the general and Ferris and he's like, the, the general's like, you know, destruction of government property is a crime. And he's like, well, so is stalking without a warrant. And I don't know where he pulls that up, but he does that. And then they're like, do you understand we're doing this because we have a hostile alien in America? And Superman just replies, General, I'm from Kansas. I'm as American as they come. Yeah, yeah. I like that line. <laughs> that, that was a moment where it's like you, you see Superman do that. And I mean, it's it's that what, what makes Superman great isn't that he has great powers it's that he has a great set of character values and it's really his humanity that makes him so super because in the lexicon of heroes we theoretically have villains and heroes that are technically more powerful than superman but we all know ultimately it's always superman at the top of the pyramid and everyone down and ultimately what makes him such a a force for change and a force for good is that he is who he is it's who he is in his heart that is expressed through his actions. That's why when we see versions like the Injustice Superman in the video games who uh, Snyder took a lot of inspiration from, when Superman is evil, that's why we feel so so wrong about it because we look at him and it's like, no, that's that, that it's, it's so right how it's being done. It feels so wrong when it that's is. Where, that's where those movies were going. I mean, that's why they had the vision and, and everything, uh, you know, Superman's vision with the Flash trying to come back and warn him. Uh, that was all the direction that he was going uh, with those with those Justice League films and spoiler alert maybe it's the direction they'll still go if the, if the Snyder Cut picks up and uh, you know becomes a, a thing becomes a really big thing and they keep going with it yeah so I, I think we I think we've covered a lot and I really want to sum this up with I mean every generation is going to have that question some authors will do it better than others you know how pop culture sees Superman will always be a little bit different, but ultimately we always know who he is because when we ask the big question, does the world need a Superman, we, we always ultimately come to the same conclusion. It's yes, because in this fictional character, through this really, really what I consider the great American mythology, 
Superman is the best of us. He will always be the best of us, and we know why. It's not because of his powers. It's not about where he's from. It's not about the villains and obstacles he faces. It's ultimately somebody with a great opportunity to do something great because he was a good person before he was ever a good superhero. Yep. Bingo. Nailed it. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Any last lingering thoughts? What do you think? Do you think Superman will will always be in vogue even when he seems out of place for the times? Yeah. I I, I genuinely think, though. One, because it's a hot property. You've got people like us who will always spend money on him. But, I mean, there's a reason why, like, other heroes have come and gone. Like, okay, I'll I'll use Spawn as an example. Spawn hit uh, issue 300 a while ago. Big, big record for uh, independently owned comic title. Um, I I wouldn't say that Spawn is necessarily a a big brand or a big figure in popular culture. I won't. Notice how he had a big splash and everyone thought he was basically going to be like the anti-Superman in a way. I mean, he had a movie and a cartoon and he was in games and stuff. But really, I want to say after the year 1999, it's kind of gone downhill. We're still... We're still watching Superman. We're still reading him. I mean, he's getting a TV show, Superman and Lois, on CW in a few months, hopefully when they can start filming because of the whole pandemic and stuff. And now we're going to have the upcoming um, Superman, Man of Tomorrow animated film, which is another origin story. So, I mean, origins, origins. people want it for this reason. I think these classic characters, there's always going to be a desire for them even when there's burnout that desire comes back so i mean there is probably uh, some spider-man burnout after all the toby mcguire movies then followed right up by those amazing spider-man movies but spider-man homecoming is huge you know and, and now that now we're, we're we're back again because even when the, the movies falter or a certain story might falter the characters are iconic and the characters are at this point characters like that are so deeply embedded in the culture and not just like in nerd culture, like spawn is known by you and me and everybody probably even, even anywhere close to this culture, but it's not known by my dad doesn't know who spawn is, you know, but my dad knows who Superman is, knows who Spider-Man is, knows who Batman is, and probably knows what those characters generally stand for. It's more, it's more so than just character recognition. It's that people actually understand the deep meaning behind these characters. And that's why you can't, that's why there's always uproar when you see drastic changes to a character or like whether it's uh, Superman killing Zod or, or uh, Batman, just like using, a machine gun in a movie you know there's outrage because it goes against what people believe the characters are fundamentally like deeper than any creator deeper than any writer could ever take them even if a certain writer goes in a entirely different direction the fundamental character of these characters is deeply embedded in the culture and that is pretty much when you know something is not going anywhere it's just it's simply iconic and there's no bigger icon quite literally no bigger icon uh in comics than superman so he ain't going anywhere I think that's that's safe to say, and the stories aren't going anywhere. Ultimately, and I'll I'll say two things. One, if Superman's not popular, neither is Batman. They are they are so attached at the hip. It's the ultimate yin and yang. That's why, like, um, they when they do their their joint title, uh, Superman Batman, the the world's finest type of stuff. That's why it's so good. So I think in a world where Superman's not popular, Batman won't be popular. In a world where Batman won't be popular, Superman won't. But I'll definitely say this. We'll still be making Superman movies and comics and video games and TV shows 10 years from now. I'll, I'll put money on this statement. I do not think that popular characters right now, such as Iron Man, have that possibility. And I no, say I that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I say that because really Iron Man is and will always be defined by Robert Downey Jr. Exactly, yeah. Iron Man in the comics, 
I didn't like the Iron Man comics growing up. And even the comics out now, I don't like the Iron Man comics. I've never found Iron Man an interesting character in the comics. Uh, but in the movies, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has taken that character and turned it into, like you said, he he defines the character now. It's the reverse thing. Uh, now, anybody who tries to do any version of Iron Man is not going to be compared to the, the classic tales from suspense Iron Man. They're going to be compared to Robert Downey Jr. Whereas anybody that does Superman or Spider-Man, yeah, you might compare. Some people might compare, uh, you know, Christopher Reeves Superman to anybody else that tries to do anything. But generally speaking, I mean, that character is is what drives the when, know, what drives these things every time. You know, what drives the movies coming back? What drives the new stories coming back? It's the character. It's not because Christopher Reeves played him once. With Iron Man, it's not. It's definitely the opposite. It's definitely because Robert Downey Jr. absolutely nailed that role and turned it into something else more than it ever was in the comics. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I I just want to repeat what you said. Like, well, well, kind of caveat off that. When I see Christopher Reeve's Superman, I see Superman. When I see Henry Calville's Superman, I see Superman. Yeah. When I see Iron Man, I see Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, so I mean, I I, when I, I see Batman. Yeah. I see Michael Keaton. Gosh darn it! God damn it! It will always be Michael Keaton. I always be Michael Keaton. I, I I'm a I'm a big bat flick apologist, but it will always be Michael Keaton. I, I think uh, I, I will. I'll say this before we wrap up. I loved the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan. I think uh, Christian Bale was the worst part of it. Interesting take. I, I think all the supporting casts, all the villains, all the supporting characters were more interesting than Christian Bale's Batman. I used to when it first happened. I I did like his general portrayal of the character, but the more I the more that I've watched those movies again, the more that he's my least favorite part of those movies. And the more that he actually starts to annoy me with the whole voice, just the, 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 the change in the voice is so outrageous that it's just so beyond over the top that I can't even, I can't, it distracts from everything else that's going on. Um, I think he's a great actor though, but I mean, he's, he's, he, I mean, let me think who else has been Batman. I mean, he's better than Clooney Batman. Anything's better than Val Kilmer Batman. (laughs) And he's way better than Val Kilmer Batman. So yeah. Yeah, but um, see, but Michael seriously, is always Batman. That's, that's oh, I, I, absolutely. And Although I mean, Adam West has his own claim as well, and uh, I, I I view those as different characters. A- Adam West is in the Trinity of Batman. Yes, I mean you've got animated Batman, you've got from the Bruce Timverse, you've got yeah, Michael Keaton Batman, and then yeah, so the Trinity of Batman. Everyone else is just filling in temporarily. We need but, to add that to our rules over in the uh, Second Print Comic Fan Zone, which you can join and get access to by joining our Patreon. Of course, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. The rules are strict, but we are benevolent dictators in that situation. Correct. Correct. But, uh, but villains think they are. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, I mean, just to reiterate, yeah, I, I still stand. I know this is going to cause controversy. Ten years, I mean, will Iron Man still be in pop culture to a degree? Yeah, but nowhere I, nowhere near does he have as much staying power as, as Superman. I will take that to my grave. Yep, I concur. All right, so, Mark, you want to wrap it up? I would love to wrap it up, Renzo, because there's a few things that I would like to mention as we sign off. As we mentioned at the uh, beginning of the show, uh, do not forget to subscribe to the show. Subscribe everywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. But the important thing that I really want to emphasize, if you really want to help us grow in these early stages, is to specifically leave us a rating, a five-star rating, and a great review on Apple Podcasts. That is still the largest part of the podcast market share, and growing there really helps us grow quickly. So if you want to help us for free, it doesn't cost you a dime. Uh, if you, maybe we can toss you something. I don't know. If you just shoot us a screenshot, we'll think of something. If you don't want to join the Patreon, how about this? If you don't support us on Patreon, but you just want to get in the, the fan group, if you send us a five-star rating re- in a review, uh, and a good review will uh, and send us that screenshot, we'll get you in. So I'm cool with that. that. 
You can find us on Twitter at Second Print Pod, so you can hit us up there. Instagram at Second Print Pod. Uh, you can also just find me on the internet. I'm on Twitter at Mark Declare. Mark with a C. M-A-R-C-D-C-L-A-I-R. That is my entire name. And uh, I also want to remind you guys, we are also running this program on the North-South Connection. It is primarily a pro wrestling podcast, and they are expanding themselves a little bit to include some other aspects of pop pop culture, and we are one of those aspects. So we'll be airing every Friday after the show drops here on Wednesday. But if you're into pro wrestling, into uh, that kind of nerdy aspect of things, uh, as I am myself, I think you're going to really enjoy the deep dives that uh, my friend JT and Aaron do over there, and Chad Campbell, a whole bunch of great guys over there that really know their shit when it comes to wrestling. Not like me and Remzo who just kind of know some things and, and shoot you know, shoot the bullshit. These guys really, really know their shit and they put on some great shows. So check out the North and South Connection to find us and a bunch of great wrestling content. And of course, as we mentioned, Patreon. Send us money. Send us money. And we give you perks and fun and bonus content and all of those things. Well, that's about it. As always, folks, I'm Remzo W. Martinez. And I am Marvelous Mark Claire. Read comics. Change the world. Good night, America. Adios. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.